But this is CJ Baker, this is episode 29 of the ongoing history of protest music. The companion podcast to the website, ongoinghistoryofprotestmusic.com. So we have two special guests from the band Ruthless Cosmopolitans, who recently released their debut EP, Ruthless. So I'd like to thank both of you for being here. Thanks for having us, our pleasure. And maybe to begin with, I can get both of you to introduce yourselves to our listeners. Um, Sure, Uh, I'll I'll start. I'm John Madoff. Um, I'm a guitarist and composer, producer, and label uh, owner um, based in New York. And I have a lot of different projects. Um, And this is one of them. There are lots of hats. There <laughs> are lots of hats, yes. Uh, my name's Eden Perlstein, and um, yeah. I mean, same, same, got a lot of stuff, a lot of projects, and this is, this is a current one that we've been working on for a while, and uh, happy to have it out in the world and to uh, talk a little bit about it. And I guess, yeah, mainly would we describe you as a rapper and spoken word poet, or? Uh, yeah, I, I write poetry, performance artist, uh, rapper, MC, um, and stuff. So, of course, we're doing this over Zoom, so we all social distancing. So <laughs> right. How have the two of you been making out with the pandemic? Um, I guess it seems to go up and down. Um, uh just me personally we we are kind of on an upswing dealing with uh several close friends of ours who are now have tested positive and dealing with schools and stuff artistically um i certainly don't want to speak for eden i i think it's obviously presented a lot of really difficult challenges but also a lot of opportunities and with this project specifically we were really actually kind of just happened to be lucky enough that we were done with all of our studio work um, when everything shut down. So the final kind of, you know, I guess, what was it? Some editing maybe and mixing and definitely the mastering, you know, process was all done online. And we work with a great engineer named James Della Tacoma, who's based in the New York area. And we trust him completely. So it was super easy to like email back and forth and jump on the phone and this and that. So in that respect for this project, it really was, um, was okay. Um, but, you know, I've been, and, and Eden too, you know, everybody's in their own situation, but I've certainly been, um, you know, had a lot of conversations with artists about the difficulties that everybody's facing. I mean, obviously everybody's facing difficulties, different groups of people in their own particular way and artists in particular, especially people who perform and are touring and, you know, people were, were texting me and calling me right at the beginning saying like, oh man, my entire, you know, my entire 2020 is gone now you know and so there's certainly more to say but that's kind of you know where it's just been a challenge yeah for sure for sure uh yeah just to echo a lot of what john said uh i mean we were both in new york um during when when this whole thing went down uh in march or whatever i had actually new york was hot hit yeah yeah and um yeah i had just had a baby had a baby on March 2nd. And uh, I think the first recorded 
COVID case in New York City was March 3rd. So had had my second kid and just like went right into kind of shutdown mode and all the confusion and chaos around the beginning of the whole thing of what was actually happening and for how long and what to do about it and could go outside or touch things or you know all this crazy stuff and um i i know in john's neighborhood where he lives and also in mine we live a ways apart but they were both like basically like epicenters of the first just like serious serious wave so um yeah i've had kind of my own saga me and my family we kind of like bailed at my family's behest uh that doesn't live in new york city everybody's like you got to get out of there with this kid this baby you know all this stuff so we kind of went on went on the lamb for a while and lived in lancaster pennsylvania for three months with my aunt and uncle and then lived in an abandoned retreat center in connecticut for a while and now we're down in philly for a bit and my family's just kind of moving all around um trying to trying to find a good place to weather this storm and uh like john said i mean you know releasing an album and not being able to play live shows is <laughs> not you know that's not how you want to be doing it but that's what it is and um uh yeah a lot, lot of challenges a lot of opportunities and um still a lot of confusion and, and chaos and uncertainty and uh, anxiety and day-to-day blessings and beauty find it from talking to a lot of musicians some will say the good part is creativity inspires them to create but you still have that issue that you can't tour to promote what you're creating right yeah 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 so i know before that you guys formed the band you both were involved with other projects as well so what led to the formation of the band um, um, you want to take this one in? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can jump in whenever. Uh, I mean, basically, the project started um, on the day of the uh, white supremacist rallies in Charlottesville um, in 2017. Um, and I think uh, for me, you know, I had just been kind of like, obsessively and very unhealthily tied to my phone and news and those all that static for um for like probably a year leading up to that point and uh um you know also just like watching the kind of like um just crazy vomitous diuretics all over social media of people trying to make sense of what's going on and you know, soapboxing and all this stuff, you know, shadow, shadow slash soapboxing. And, uh, and I'm not a big poster or whatever. Um, so I'm not constantly venting and, and circulating those feelings in that way or ideas or thoughts. Um, but a lot had built up and, uh, basically on that day, kind of watching the news of how it was going down and all of the different kind of things that were happening. And, uh, um, the just lyrics um for what became um the first song on the ep make america hate again make america hate again make 
just kind of started bubbling up and, and spilling out. I wrote the song kind of in like, just like a fever channel. And, um, and after I wrote it, um, it wasn't, I knew it, it, it did not come out. Like I, it wasn't rap. I wasn't yeah. like, Oh, I'm writing a, you know, my 800th rap song right now. It was, I was like, Oh, this is something different. I don't really know what this is. Um, musically, um, you know, I kind of have a cadence mapped out or something, but I, I know it's not a hip hop song, um, a rap song. Um, so uh, I basically, I, it, it, kind of opening that up and what this, what, what it could be. Um, I thought of uh, John, uh, who I had worked with on an, uh, and guest spotted with and collaborated with in, in various different ways, kind of in the New York scene, the downtown scene and the Jewish music scene and beyond. And, um, and, and had done a few things together and we, we had a great chemistry and I think we're, we're mutual fans of each other's music and creativity and buddies and, and we were buddies. And, uh, and so I was like, I'm, I, I, John was the first person that popped in my head. I, I called John and I was just like, man, I just wrote something. This is where it's coming from. This is kind of what it's doing. Um, I don't really know what it is, but I thought of you. Do you want to like kind of at the ground floor of this yeah. fuse and collaborate and, and see what we see what this is. And, uh, and John was, was excited by that uh, potential and um, foolishly agreed to engage me in, uh, in poetic um, and, and musical collaboration. And, and we're, we're years into it now at this point, um, but that, that's, that's what started it. Okay, so it started with yeah. the Make America Hate Again? Yeah. That was the I first one, yeah. Yeah, when Eden called me, um, you know, like he said, we're mutual fans of each other's work and friends, but like, almost like as he was explaining to me what it was, I kind of like almost knew what he was going to say next. And it just oh. made a lot of sense to me viscerally, like immediately. And honestly, the thing that really attracted me to it, other than this like statement and the kind of power of what he was saying and how yeah. it really was genuine um, and very visceral and powerful. And also to me, like, uh, was like a reminder of all this music that I used to listen to when I was younger that I've kind of like almost even without consciously knowing it been wanting to get back to for so many years you know more like the punk music that I used to listen to indie music you know more things coming from the rock and punk world than more like the jazz world which is kind of where I've been more more or less involved with you know the last like 20 years so it really like spoke to me that, but it also was like, oh yeah, this I'm excited about this. I can I can add something to this. So kind of back to your roots. <laughs> totally back to my roots. Yeah, 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 for sure. So you mentioned the opening track, "Make America Hate Again," and you mentioned, so like you said, it was mainly inspired by what happened in Charlottesville. There. Yeah. Of course, yeah. it's still relevant. Like even if. Yeah, and being sure. president, supposedly, um, right. those attitudes still there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, and maybe that you know we'll see what happens. I mean, something that we've talked about just just um, going off what you said, Chris. Like something yeah. we talked about is like, okay, well, what happens if the political reality shifts in some way? Yeah. 
I, I think we'll see, like, we'll see, yeah. like, in next year, if we can be back to playing, hopefully. <laughs> that, that kind of seems optimistic now as far as when we can have concerts again. But, um, you know, if, if and when we, you know, like, I think Eden and I probably both in our own way are very intuitive the way that we yeah. work. And like, I can imagine being on stage and being like, does this feel right to play this song? I'm like, let's, okay, we'll play it, but maybe we'll do something else. Or like, wow, this is like, totally as relevant as the day we d we've done it and also like many like anybody releasing music now we're just like excited to get on stage and play it and just like waiting for whenever that is so i guess that kind of remains to be seen how relevant the specific songs will be as we move forward but um there's certainly a yeah. lot on the album that is many different subjects so yeah 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 i, th I think that's also just you know um on a more meta level, that's, that's, that's a question always with quote, you know, quote protest music or yeah. like very, you know, historically responsive yeah. uh, music. There's, you know, there's a number of ways uh, to go about it. And, and I mean, as we know, like um, music can age both poetically and like semantically and also musically you know like you you're, you're like oh man you hear some music you're like man i'm glad i wasn't doing shit when they were using those keyboard sounds you know <laughs> like, <laughs> the, the, those did not age well so yeah. i think you know both both on both sides of that coin both the the lyrics and, and the music all, there's always a danger of of being dated um, yeah. or whatever um I think, you know, I think the, the, because, because of the poetic nature that the material, that, that things were kind of approached through, I, I think that, um, that, you know, I was trying to both um, be very responsive to yeah. material realities and, and historical things, as well as fr frame and phrase them in a way, um, that could retain general relevance and, yeah. and interest and, and, and um, provide window for reflection or, or inspiration um, po post that moment. There are certainly some songs on the EP uh, or moments of certain songs that are like, oh, wow, that's like really about a very specific yeah. thing. Um, but then, you know, there's other material that kind of is more, um, generalizable beyond the specificity of a, of a very specific political moment or climate. Um, but um, yeah, I just think that's like an interesting general poetic principle of any of this kind of um, socially engaged yeah. um, expression. I think that even works for protest music that, for example, there's like old Vietnam protest songs that specifically address that. So it's right. like, okay, maybe it's not quite as relevant, but the themes are still relevant. Yeah, so you right. can still listen to that song and learn about that time period. So exactly. It'll be used kind of as a time capsule to learn about us. Totally. And, 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 me and yeah, and me and John spoke about that a lot um, in kind of our processing of, yeah. of the work that we were doing together. And and you know, part of it, I think, as John alluded to, like as a performer, you're like, oh shit, am I going to be able to perform this like three years from now or whatever? Um, but I do think we did, and we did talk about that. Like part of it, it was just kind of like, we gotta, we gotta record this, 
like put it in the Akashic record, you know, like these feelings were felt, these thoughts were had, this, this response was live and real um, and present, you know? Um, So I do, I do think, yeah, those are, I think those are some different ways to approach this kind of, um, this kind of material. Yeah. Cause I know, cause there's six songs on the EP and I think they could all be described as political. Yeah. So would it, could it be viewed as kind of like a concept record then where the songs kind of connect to each other? Or? Yeah, I, I, for sure. It's definitely a concept, concept record. I, I think both me and John also like are a little like, ah, is it political music? Ah, you know, like, I don't know about that, but, but it's certainly, it's certainly socially engaged and responsive yeah. and, um, in in much more like materially historically grounded ways than um than other kind of more mystical musics that i've worked with or you know different different um ways to language things but um uh and yeah it, it is definitely a concept record i think from from its inception and its conception and you know to the band name itself and like there's um you know uh, there's a lot of references historical art political social throughout the entire thing i mean a lot of and and even the methodologies of how we approached uh the music poetically and, and and also musically there's a lot of concept in it referencing different sounds and styles and and movements of of creativity over the last hundred or so years of people making socially responsive um, artwork, um, often from a more experimental, uh, less mainstream, you know, like we're not, um, from, those, from those kinds of aesthetics and, and angles, which I think both interest and, 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 uh, and inspire me and John more than, you know, kind of like mainstream. Um, stuff like that uh sounds and and lyrical approaches um so yeah we kind of from that first song we were you know we were just talking you know dada punk um noise um theater uh shock tactics um theatricality um channeling a multitude of voices rather than trying to give voice to a, a single pedantic political agenda or platform, but really to like open ourselves as antennae to try to, it, it, you know, both reflect and allow ourselves to reflect on the Weltenschwung or the swirling world that was, that was kind of billowing around us. I mean, I think the, you know, the lyrics to go back to make America hate again. Blood and soil, bombs and oil, blacks and Jews control fake news, Muslims gays, no one say, build the wall, they're coming for us all. In a lot of ways, um, like those are not I statements, you know, they're, um, you know, um, Blood and soil, bombs and oil, blacks and Jews control fake news, Muslims gays, no one's safe, build the wall, they're coming for us all. And and it was, you know, I was watching the news and seeing the signs that were being held up at the at the white supremacist rally in Charlottesville. And like part of me was just like, I need to like say this out loud. Is this really what 
they're saying <laughs> like is this this is the movement here like this is what this is and like and i think just opening ourselves to to reflect that as kind of uh, not just that but like all and then we move to like all of these different kind of like issues or realities um that we're dealing with in, in the so social technological moment that we're in um to really just feel them and and you know some of the music people be like wow i'm really affected by it it's pretty dark some of this and and it's like yeah because you know a lot of the music that me and john make separately it's not dark music it's like uplifting beautiful inspiring groovy you know and and there's some of that for sure in the ep but it was also just like yeah these are dark times like i'm not trying to sugarcoat this shit and i'm not trying to give you a back rub with this you know like and there are other people doing that bringing positivity through music and 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 uplifting and trying to move from the place that we were that we have all been at and are still in to a large extent but i think our interest was more just like let's actually what is this yeah. like let me feel this let me like feel this in my body even like how do what it, what what is and so i think yeah that was the concept i think yeah. ultimately that guided the lyrics and the musical process and and our conversations and collaborations so yeah, and I, I, um, the thing that I come back to a lot is this. Uh, there's, um, I, I, I have to look it up because I've mentioned it in several interviews so far, and I, I, can, I, I never remember to get my reference correct after. But there's a, a Bob Dylan documentary. Is it No Direction Home? I'm, I'm trying to remember which one it is, but he has. You uh, never remember which. I one never is. remember which one it is. I don't know if Home is one of the documentaries. Yeah, well, may, maybe, maybe Chris, if you you may know it better than me, what the exact reference is. But there's a thing of like I had heard him say before that he's not a topical songwriter, that he's not writing about like relevant current events and topics and things like that. And I thought that was coming from like the snarky Bob Dylan place of like being in an, an interview and just like trying to like you know, like stick it to the interviewer and just like make sure the interviewer knows that his time is being wasted, which I, I, I honestly, I think that's ridiculous. Lou Reed does the same <laughs> thing. I love both of those guys deeply as artists, but I think they can both be totally obnoxious in interviews. And I think there's no, <laughs> no place for that. But in this movie, he's talking about how he's, he really kind of explains what he's talking about. He's like, I'm not like, you know, a hard rain is not like I'm against the atom bomb. It's like, it's a, an internalization and an artistic reaction, or Eden sometimes talks about like kind of like a mirror. We're kind of holding up yeah. a mirror to things, but it's almost like this funhouse mirror because it's not just a reflection. It's, it somehow is reflecting us also. And that to me really speaks to it. And I think is like a lot of where Eden's coming from. And, and I wasn't thinking like, oh, I'm gonna write like, you know, noise or these these really harsh sounding chords because Eden's making a statement against X or against like it's it's all swirling around. It's very artistic and poetic, and it's more like this like like Eden. What Eden's saying is really true. It's this is not like a spiritual album where we're trying to to necessarily uplift, but in a way, it's like coming from a more spiritual, metaphysical not spiritual in a religious sense, but you know, like that poetic not necessarily rational making a clear statement this is i'm against this i'm against that i'm for this it's it's way more 
this like three-dimensional difficult to not even difficult like undefinable place that it's coming from you know and he may be saying out words that were in these rallies or in a speech or something yeah. but it's also it's an artistic expression i guess for lack of a better word and it does and i think as artists you're gonna that's what's going to come out is how you're motivated by your experience and how you process things right right for sure and also and i think this kind of connects because i know Ian, you made your comments you talked about the technological aspect i think even earlier you talked about being tied to your phones that seems to be connected to like the second track on the album the screen age which Headspin cycle, tailspin doctor, leave this body, leave this body. Headspin cycle, tailspin doctor, leave this body, leave this body. He said, she said, we say who pays? He said, she said, we say you pay. He said, he said, she said, he said, we say, he said, y'all fucking pay. No, it was released as the first single on your music video for. That kind of connected with what that song's the only rap for. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Um... I mean, that that was one of those songs that that um, like if I hadn't written it by the pandemic shutdown, then I certainly would have written it during. Um, because you know, I, again, you know, just to kind of push further into what John was just saying, also like, yeah, I mean that 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 song was the second song that I wrote, and I think you know, that, that came out of also just, you know, it had been a year of intense phone news, social media voyeuristic addiction, you know, and, and just following like this, like mushroom cloud of, um, of, of, uh, disturbed consciousness, you know, and, and disturbing and disturbing events. Um, and um, yeah, that that song again. It, it's it's much less of a, like everybody needs to throw out their phone or like I'm anti, I'm a luddite or something. <laughs> really, really, the song. Um, you know, the way I, I initially conceived of it um, was really it was almost like an exorcism. I was just like, I feel like I am possessed, not by this phone, but through this phone, or like through these screens, through these media. Um, and I mean, that's where those those first lyrics just kind of shot out. I was like, head spin cycle, tail spin doctor, leave this body, leave this body. And I, you know, I'm like, I'm writing the exorcism mantra for myself, you know, and. Um, and so it was, and that was, that was fucking 2017. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Um, but it was like one of those songs that like, it, it, and again, back to the beginning of our conversation about like continued relevance of certain kinds of subject matter and stuff like that. That was one that has only grown, you know, that like, I, I, I didn't even initially think of in, in the more dimensionalized ways that I think of it now after like nine months of, of pandemic where, you know, so much of our lives have gone online through these screens and interfaces, all this stuff. Um, but really, yeah, again, that was just kind of like, you know, it was just another 
another kind of symptomatic part of, you know, peel of this onion that we're all in. And, um, you know, I think, you know, the, the, the so, so rapid expansion of um, the media capabilities and the technology and like, man, fucking, I remember Apple 2GS, you know what I'm saying? I remember when having like a portable phone in your home was a big deal, like car phones. They were like yep. huge, you know, they were like yep. big. They were like shoes, you know? Yep. Like now we all have like literally computers in our pocket and, and this thing like and you know and then we got a social media president that like right. basically governed um and campaigned and and did the whole thing basically through social media meaning you know with all that's attached with social media yeah. psychically and neurologically and all of that stuff that's like you know lots of there's lots of studies about and um but that i mean that you know people will say oh this is totally off the rails it's like so historically unique for this reason or that reason or da, da, da. content wise or agenda or, or or stuff you know and that may or may not be true but i think certainly like this is the first social media presidency that we've ever had. And it, and it really, it was the first time historically that that would have even really been a total opportunity to even happen. And it did happen. And like that in and of itself, I think there's a lot there <laughs> to unpack, you know, um, and, and to process. Uh, and um, so, yeah, that, that, that song and, and, and all of the media, social media, um, digital, everything, all the time-ness. Like, yeah, I mean, that the song ends with a primal scream. It's I, I had just hit a certain point of saturation and it was just like, you know, I, it was that moment when I got to that scream at the end, it, you know, with all of this media, we have so much influx coming at us. Words, images, sounds, agendas, advertisements, man, manipulations. I don't mean that conspiratorially. It's just like, that's what capitalism does. You know, they're, they're after you to get you to buy stuff or to vote. Yeah, that, it's just, that's not a conspiracy theory. It's just, that's the mechanism. That's what advertising that Twitter wouldn't exist if there wasn't ads. Yeah, exactly. It's just yeah. what advertising is. And, yeah. and social media and the digital world just gives access to us, to them in such an overwhelming way. So we're just being filled, filled, filled all the time. And, um, and I think, you know, by the, through writing that song, which kind of like, culminates and climaxes this kind of like primal scream it was just me being like i've had enough of this shit coming in like you know this just like yeah. vomitous scream 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 this vomitous <laughs> scream um and 
you know, I, I think one, one word that runs through the album, my feeling of it, you know, whether it's those kinds of slogan, you know, uh, white supremacist slogans, um, fear mongering slogans or, or um, technology and, and, and social media as it functions today or whatever. And, and I think a big thing behind the whole album was uh, cathartic and catharsis and just kind of like facing that's why we that's why the music hits certain levels it does is like we're trying to face these things and process digest them process them expel whatever part of them is not useful or healthy or right or good or true <laughs> you know and um and I think that song in particular really had, I mean, a pretty overtly like exorcistic <laughs> function. Um, yeah. I guess in a sense, we probably all need to go through that symbolic exorcism periodically. Yeah, I had just, I had hit saturation point. Yeah, you even mentioned like, and this is something I probably should have asked you even though you are. You mentioned how part of the concept even involved the uh, band name like Ruthless Cosmopolitan. So, what was the significance of that band name? Um, well, I think it was might have been in the same time period as the Re Virginia rallies, but uh, Stephen Miller um, was giving a press conference, and he. Uh, you know, in, in that kind of like divided portrait of, of the populace that it certainly exists and also has been like projected and broadcast upon us and we're fulfilling our roles perfectly at this point. Um, but uh, he used the term rootless cosmopolitans, which is, as, yeah, which is, as everybody knows, a total like crazy dog whistle for Soviet anti-Semitic Nishigas, um, um, for lack of a better term. Um, and when he used that term, rootless cosmopolitans, to, to, to describe who, you know, whoever he was casting as the enemy or othering as the enemy or whatever, um, I was, I, I was just, again, I was just struck in the same way that I was struck with so many of, this, of the signs that I had to kind of mimic and repeat uh, in the song, Make America Hate Again. It was, I was just like, I can't believe he just said like, what the heck? Like, I mean, America first, all the, there's in the same way, which, which is a bit of what the lyrics are mimicking also, like all of those politics are also referencing all these weird, crazy, historical kind of like linguistic pressure points. Like America first doesn't come out of nowhere. Like it's on some Lindbergh shit, you know? And like, we know where that comes from. And, and it might sound a certain way to some, to somebody because they know that history yeah. or, or because they don't or whatever. But if you know where certain things are coming from, they, you know, there have been a lot of those kinds of reawakening, linguistic reawakenings of like specific charged phrases. And, um, and Rootless Cosmopolitans is 
obviously one of them. That is not something you throw around like casually from the White House. That's like, you know what I'm saying? So um, it, it was one of those, it just kind of hit me. I was, I was just kind of shocked by it. And I was just like, all right, you're going to throw that out there. Let me just, you don't like rootless cosmopolitans? How about some ruthless cosmopolitans? <laughs> you know, like that was kind of my initial like impetus behind it. Um, I think it's, it's also more complex than that. And I, um, you know, like, um, uh, and there's more valences to it that can be unpacked. But I think that was my really initial impetus was just like, oh, you're going to bring out that, that phrase again and, and put that in play. Okay, let me take that back from you and tweak it and turn it around on you in a certain way. But, but it, you know, so it, it was, there's, a, there's a little bit of like psycholinguistic judo going on. <laughs> um, but, um, but also just like this kind of, um, yeah, this constant like referencing of these different social movements and times in history, um, like we're seeing now, that have strikingly different meanings and valences, depending on what side of whatever that cosmic divide is that divides perspectives, diverse perspectives on a single event or occurrence or reality. Um, but, you know, the, the, I see those as, as, as very charged and, and almost like acupuncturistic, like on the, on the sociolinguistic sphere. So, yeah, that, John, sorry. I'm, yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's um, yeah, I mean, with a lot of this stuff, I think Eden, because he's like the, the word guy in the band, he's explaining a lot of this stuff in a, in a much deeper way than I can. And, and he's the person who came up with the words. The one thing I'll say is like a lot of this, a lot of the stuff about this project for me kind of was like, um, it, it has felt very intuitive in a way that it's like the, you know, like whenever you're starting a project, no matter what it is, a label, a band, an album, there's like a whole like, what's, wh what does it look like? What does it sound like? What, what is, wh what is the voice of it? What's the story? And a lot of this, a lot of the the elements with this project, when Eden has suggested to me, he'll be like, "Oh, I'm I'm thinking about this or I'm thinking about that." Like a lot of it has just like been very. It's like uh, it it has arisen in a very natural way, yeah. and I don't even think like I can tell you like every band I've ever been the leader of, yeah. I've come up with many different band names, and I'm never totally happy with the one I land on. It's just like I'm tired of thinking about it anymore so it's like okay I guess I'll go with that I don't even think we had a discussion about what the band name was like I right like we we weren't throwing other names around were we no. right no, it was just, just like ruthless comes of balls I was like that's it like it's just immediate like yes I know I and and, what, and just like when he started telling me about make America hate again it was like oh yes I I, I get it I know I, I hear you and you know th there has been a thing with me just because of where I come from as a musician like you know there's a joke like no matter you know if it's like if there's any kind of like american you know western music and it has a trumpet in it it's jazz and that's not true because like there's tons of rock ska whatever but it's like for me like oh is if there's a singer and he's not singing it's rap but eden eden has reminded me and had to and i have to remind myself sometimes that like it's not 
It's not like a rap record. It's, it's kind of something different going on. Um, but other than that, so much of it has been like, it's just made sense how things have come together. And the name is something that ties things together in a great way. And that play on that phrase that has so much weight and history behind it, the, not, not only the fact that it's a very clever play on words, but that it really speaks to what we're doing um, just made immediate sense to me as like, yes, absolutely, that's it. So in this case, did the lyrics come first then or then the music? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, wrote, yeah. I, wrote, I wrote all the lyrics basic, after I wrote Make America Hate Again. I, I think I might have wrote the screen age that same day um, or the next day. Uh, and then within like two weeks, I think I pretty much had everything written. Um, it, uh, once that happened, that first kind of, um, it was really just like, boom. and, uh, and then we spent literally years, um, working on the music to, to bring it, bring those words to life. And, uh, each, John can tell you much more about that. And each song really went through numerous iterations trying to find the right it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, kind of the process that we went, I, th I, I think, Eden, tell me if I'm, I, I don't think I'm remembering this wrong, you know, incorrectly, but I might be. But like we, Eden came over and like we had gotten together for some, something that we were doing, or maybe the first gig that we had, like a kind of almost like a workshop gig um, at like as part of a residence that I had in New York. Um, came up with some basic ideas, but the, the best part of it for me was that Eden came over in my studio where I am now and just like recorded the words by themselves. We had an idea of tempo and feel. And the way that I work, like I, I come up with very little like in my head, I have to try something and hear it and tweak it. And then like, oh, it doesn't work. So I'll try a completely different direction. So I had the freedom then to have like, I just had his vocal track and then I could try whatever I wanted, you know, with my limited, you know, capability here, but knowing that we were going to then get great musicians to play this stuff. So I can try a baseline. I can try, you know, so just tweaking and tweaking and tweaking. Um, and it took a while, but eventually we, we really, I think found the right approach, but it was very much about starting with the, the, the words, not only the words, but Eden does like, there's like kind of different characters and different songs, different perspectives different sections, the different delivery, you know, and a little bit, I would be like, oh, it's, it feels to me like this little section should be more aggressive or slower or whatever. But for the most part, it was there. And then I just played around kind of, that was like the skeleton. And then I like built everything else around that. I was like, understand the story, almost like composing for a movie. The kind of, yeah, you know, it's funny. I didn't think about it that way, but that's kind of what it is. That's the picture. And it's like, that's not going to change. You can't call the director and be like, hey, I don't think that woman should walk out of the house at that scene. It's like, no, that's what's there. And you got to deal with it, you know? <laughs> um, so yes, very much so. And because it's also telling a story, yeah. you know? Yeah. And the music definitely complements the lyrics. Guys, did that well? Yeah, yeah, thanks. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, and then a lot of it is like, we were working between the two of us we had a little experience playing with other musicians, but then when we went to record, it was really about picking the right musicians who would add, not only be able to play what we wrote, but really add something personality-wise to what we were doing. 
And you guys also mentioned that this was a bit of a departure of what you did musically before. So with your previous projects, have you guys ever written any other protest songs or socially conscious songs or? I, well, Eden can go first. <laughs> um, yeah, I think um, this was, I think in, this, in the way that John kind of alluded to earlier, this was both a departure, I think for, from like what the kind of stuff I had been doing for the last 10 years or so, but it was also on a bigger circuit, like a more Ouroboric kind of back to my roots also um, from, uh, I lived in Olympia, Washington for 11 years uh, in the late 90s and into the early 2000s. And I had a, some music projects out there. And, and that, uh, you know, that's like, you know, four to five albums of pretty, of, of, of this kind of stuff, you know, okay. dark. <laughs> I know that scene would have been like a lot of like punk and a lot of closely connected to even some of the grunge stuff that yeah 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 so i i worked with a lot of musicians out there and and did, did recorded a lot and a lot of music and performed a lot did a lot of community organizing and stuff um so uh i would say you know that that was that that stuff those feelings that edge um that kind of dark transmutational catharsis art uh is at my core um but in my 30s i focused mostly on um a pretty esoteric um uplifting uh spiritual rap music i guess you would call it um and i i have a project called darshan and I work with some different singer songwriter people and a bun huge rotating cast of different musicians. And, um, and that's just a different set. That's a different set of symbols and references and languages um, and dimensions that, um, that, that I've been uh, employing and deploying in my expression. Um, so returning back into like historical material reality response um that yeah that that was a kind of like <laughs> back back in like into the moment um in a way that i hadn't done musically for yeah probably like 10 years or so that sounds like your music always, always had some kind of matches at least yeah yeah for sure for, for sure and and i mean a lot of my early stuff with a group called the saints of everyday failures and also um some of my uh, a lot of my early solo rap records um are you know are heavily heavily socially weighted <laughs> uh you know songs songs about um poverty and history and war and um all all kinds of stuff um yeah yeah john um for me i mean the the, the simple answer to, to your question chris i think is no for me only because i almost exclusively for the last 20 years have dealt with and played and written 
um, instrumental music. Oh. Most of my bands that I've worked with as a main person or kind of a side person or whatever are, are don't have any, um, don't have any like vocal component. But that being said, I feel like there is kind of like, I'm just thinking of like, um, like Fugazi was like, was and is like one of my all time favorite bands. And for me, I was responding to their, their music, yeah. their rhythm, everything like that. But the, I knew what the words were about. I'm not like ignoring them. I'm just like drawn to the musical part of it. I mean, same with like a band like Radiohead, which is another one of my favorite yeah. bands, obviously not an indie band, not really a punk band, but like I, like when I listen to the words, they resonate with me, but that's not usually what I'm paying attention to. So it's great to be able to have this project with Eden where there is, there is a, a uh, there are vocals, there are words, there is like a text at the center of it. So um, yeah, it's all, I always feel like I'm kind of like orbiting, orbiting around that. And I grew up like, I was thinking there was an article in the paper I was reading the other day about um, Phil Oaks and like I grew up, my parents are like big folkies, you know, from the sixties, like not only with Dylan, but like Buffy St. Marie and Joan Baez and Pete Seeger was like huge because he, um, my parents went to camp in the Catskills and Pete Seeger used to come to my dad's camp and like sing for the, he was a little older than my dad is, but like, so, and like, Paul Simon and you know that's a little different but like a lot of that music I, that's what I grew up with um, so it's definitely there and I see the trajectory of that and the, the 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 way that that has influenced other things so it feels like very comfortable and natural for me but it's never something I've been like directly involved with I'm more indirectly yeah more indirectly yeah. So you mentioned a few of your influences. Is there any other influences that the two of you would like to mention? Or? Um, there's so many, I guess, like, and so many for different projects. Yeah. Um, for this, like, I mean, so, some of the people that we talked about that are direct or indirect influences are like, I mean, for me, Fela Kuti is okay. always there, speaking of like his own kind of brand of protest music i have another band called zion 80 that's like really influenced by him including like basically i stole the name of my band from his band because he, <laughs> he was you know uh e egypt uh wait africa 70 and egypt 80 so i mean yeah. zion 80 pretty direct ripoff so that's like, afrobeat's influence yeah yeah for sure it's kind of mixing jewish music and improvisation with afrobeat um and for this band i mean certainly make america hate again is like kind of talking heads yeah. Is, is in there big time, but also like um, Book of Ruthless. To no people, no God. All people, all God. One people, one God. No people, no God. To me, makes me really think of Bad Brains, and that was kind of like the influence that I was thinking of. Um, who else did we talk about? Like we talked about like definitely in the spirit of it, like people like Patti Smith. Yeah. Um, I think of Lou Reed some like, also I think Eden, I mean, I don't know if we ever talked, I think your voice is in the same range as Lou Reed's voice. And like, he had a lot of music that was like talking and like, and I love his music. So like that resonates. I don't know. I'm trying to think of other things that we talked about directly with this project. 
Uh, yeah, what we talked we talked about Rage Against the Machine. Yes, for sure. We talked about um, the shape of punk to come. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, that album. So good. Yeah, so good. Um, we talked about Naked City. Yep. And quick, quick cut sonic juxtapositions. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think I think that yeah 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 that's the uh, Zappa. We talked about Zappa. Yes, for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. And to me, Zappa is like some like in in the music, but also the spirit yeah. that he comes from. Like um that that movie um Eat That Question is that what it's called that came out yeah. a couple of years ago. Yeah. Like I think that if 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 I'm remembering the right one, like that's almost like it's that's not really about the music. That's about him and like his approach to things and stuff. But it, but there's not that much like directly about the music with that. Um, and I, I feel as influenced by that part of him as the actual explicit like music that he wrote. Yeah. yeah. Steely Dan. We talked about Steely, Steely Dan. Dan. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's why I kind of like asking that question because sometimes those footballs get thrown too. Yeah. I don't immediately hear Steely Dan in your music, but it's probably there. Yeah. There's one little <laughs> section um, at the end of King, right? Yeah. Yeah. That yeah, yeah. But that's always there. And sometimes, and I'm I'm not saying this completely with Steely Dan, but like sometimes like you can be influenced by music that you don't want to sound like and that you don't necessarily yeah. like. You know, and I, I kind of have like I'm sure I think a lot of people have kind of a love-hate relationship with Steely Dan. I say if I'm in the car and it comes on the radio, I'm not gonna turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> so a wide range of influences there. Yeah. And this is probably a question, maybe it's a bit premature to ask because you haven't been performing live, but have you been receiving any backlash from recording these more political songs or? Uh, um, very little bit. <laughs> well, yeah, we're not performing live, um, but um, we, uh, it has, it was hard at first to, um, to do uh to get the videos out on social media they would get uh tagged and blocked um because they were apparently too political or too something or other or they didn't get the sarcasm or like right. the, uh, they, they were confusing us for some sort of like political functionary or something um i guess make america hate again you could almost view that as if you don't get that satire, right, that is all right sentiments, right, exactly, and and even yeah. but even the Screen Age also the Screen Age got yeah. tagged and and all and and blocked and and all kinds of stuff. So there's like been some of that stuff um, which I had never experienced before, and then there's also uh, definitely we did end up being able to like run a thing for make America hate again on Facebook. And somehow it, it got into a, 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 a Trump stream oh. <laughs> and, and basically you can look at it, but it's like, it's definitely the first thing I've ever done where you're like, Oh, whoa, there's 50 comments telling me to leave the country. <laughs> like, Whoa, <laughs> that wasn't, that, that was, that's interesting. Um, so yeah, you know, I think 
again, we're not performing and, and we're both super busy. So we're not like pushing the stuff all over the place or whatever, but like it's gotten into some weird channels where like it, it does get some strong feedback. Yes, for sure. <laughs> yeah. I guess it is music that's gonna, you know, positive or negative. It's gonna right. be this yeah. a, a response. Right. And I guess yeah, that's kind of what you want as artists. Yeah. yeah with this particular stuff for sure yeah yeah and i have actually had people several people tell me that like the way they experience it is almost like a really dark movie like they really were engaged with it and they really appreciate it but they didn't like it <laughs> you know like somebody told me like oh i i don't think i like that song but i can't stop watching that video <laughs> like it makes me feel weird but i but it's you know, it's good in a way that's like, you know, maybe it matches the, the you know, the quality of the music, but yeah. So, so I've definitely it's got disturbing. a lot of feedback like that. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it's basically, it's disturbing by design. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. It's not, it's not feel good. Yeah. You're not, you're not supposed to like put the window down and want your hair to blow right. in the wind. Right. Listening to it. Like you're supposed to be like, Oh, I should yeah. turn this off probably like this is fucked right. up. And I think sometimes we have to be made to feel uncomfortable too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're exactly. not going to make any changes in life if you are kind of forced to acknowledge certain things. Yeah, very true. Yeah, very true. I think that serves yeah. a purpose as well. Yeah. 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 So of course, you guys just recently released the EP, but have you been working on other new music or other projects so. yeah we've had a lot of conversations about kind of directions that we want to go in we have some songs that we performed that that we didn't record and a lot of ideas for songs um i think also this i think this music really lends itself to like sending out to people for to, to do remixes different yeah. you know other musicians that we really like and see see what they would do and see what kind of uh spin and and kind of yeah. their own spirit they would put on it but yeah there's definitely we definitely have more more coming just a matter of when and how and where and <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 for sure and we're both also working on other things i'm actually for that other band darshan that eden talked about i'm working with him producing working on the production of of their next record and um once we get back to performing well you know i had many times where i would call eden up and say hey come you know sit in with the with my other band and, and it was great and other things that we've done so hopefully we can get back to that before too long so lots of creativity yeah constant yeah. constant yeah we're yeah. probably both working on two or three projects each at least yes yeah, yeah. yeah. So I might have to invite you back on another time to talk about those other projects. <laughs> awesome. Absolutely. Yeah, we'd love to. So before we conclude, is there anything else you want to mention or plug? Um, well, I'm all, I always, you know, if offered, take the chance to plug the label that the, huh? the album came out on Chant Records because it's yeah. the label that I won, co-run with um, Shanir Blumenkrantz, who's a phenomenal bassist and producer composer um this is a, a label that we've had for the past three years and that the output is really eclectic 
and we were obviously really you know we wanted to put this album out but you know have, have put out a whole lot of other things including darshan eden's band um my band zion 80 and a whole lot of other music so yeah chant records so check out chant records what about you Eden? you have other stuff um just be kind be kind to each other be kind oh, man. To I don't know. I suck at plugging, but at this point, it's, you know, be safe, be kind. So this you were just nice about it, and I took the opportunity to. Well, you know, both are good. <laughs> to plug. But is there any social media where they can check you out, or? Uh, yeah, you can just search for Ruthless Cosmopolitans, um, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, website. Yeah. Be kind. So that's a good. Okay. Yeah. Good message yeah, to end on. So I like that. Yeah. Thank you too again. Yeah. So this concludes episode 29 of the ongoing history of protest music. You can leave feedback at the contact page of the website, ongoing history of protest songs.com. Or you can DM me at Twitter at Tunes of Protest. So once again, I'd like to thank my special guests, Don Madoff and Eden Perstein of Ruthless Cosmopolitans. So make sure you check out their new EP, Ruthless. To conclude, we're going to play a track off that album, Odd, G-A-W-D, Odd Hates Flags. So thanks for listening, and please stay safe. Team, tell yourself the other guy's back Align your mind with a line in the sand In an insane world, the saints seem mad Origin myth, hieroglyph, third identity theft. Beneath the color code and logo design, they all say one thing. That's why. God.